Hi, hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between. I am your host, Jessica Lemon, and you are listening to episode 10 of Sour, Sweet, and Spooky. If you listened to my recent update earlier this week, you'll know that I've been struggling mentally and financially, and it's just been like struggle bus station at my place for a few weeks. Like, I was exposed to COVID while at work, had to quarantine. Luckily, I tested negative because I have a bunch of other health problems that with COVID would likely put me in the hospital. So my anxiety was high until I got my results in. And even though I'm super careful at work and we clean like all the time, I was still just nervous. But yeah, then I didn't get my emergency pay because the company messed up on payroll, then had to take money from my 401k so I could pay rent, which I still don't have, by the way, because that also got messed up. And then just other life stuff has been stressing me out and it's like causing so much anxiety and has made my depression kind of creep out again. But like I'm human and sometimes I just need a break and I've definitely been feeling kind of burnt out. But I just try to tell myself that when times are tough, take a deep breath and push forward because I'm super fortunate to have what I do have. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm pushing forward and I'm so proud of myself, you guys. I'm so happy that I've made it this far, even though it's a little late. And I'm not saying that I didn't expect myself to get here, but I've struggled with keeping up with stuff my whole life and creating habits like that actually benefit me. And uh, one of my favorite humans, M from And That's Why We Drink podcast, just talked about her diagnosis with ADHD a couple weeks ago. And honestly, sometimes I think I have it too. But since I'm an adult and a girl, it's like really hard to diagnose or even find a doctor that will diagnose you. Plus, I'm broke. So I'm just here in a limbo for now. And like what may be described as laziness or lack of commitment is common in people with ADHD. And honestly, it would make so much sense as to how my life is. So yeah. But anyway, I'm just really excited to see you all come and listen to the show and for reaching out every week and chatting with me. Like, it's so nice and you all make this even more fun. So I'm glad I can be here for you guys week after week and I will continue to be here for you all. And I wanted to do a quick little shout out to a friend of mine. Her name is Stephanie Davis. She's so amazing and I just appreciated her a lot after I posted my update the other day she reached out and I was like sobbing. She was so kind. So thank you, Steph. I miss you a lot. You have no idea. I also had plans for a big Black Friday sale, but I had a mental breakdown and didn't post on Thanksgiving. So I'm going to be doing a holiday discount all the way through to the new year just for you guys for sticking around. I dropped the prices on my merch and on top of that, I'm doing an additional discount. So make sure you listen to the end to get a nice little discount code or just skip ahead and grab it. But then you'll miss a really great story about America's oldest unsolved mystery. So if you decide to keep listening and wait until the end for that code, I hope you are ready for a brand new story. Over 400 years ago, a man named John White sailed from England to a small island off the coast of North Carolina to reunite with his family and friends that he had left there three years prior to return to England for supplies to help build a prosperous colony. But when he reached the island, the life and prosperity he hoped to encounter was nowhere to be seen. The colony he was to be mayor of had vanished, 
No trace of them remained anywhere on the island. No real trace of people at all. Only one little clue was left carved into a broken fence post where homes should have been. The single word, Croatoan. In 1587, John White, an artist and explorer, and about 120 other English men, women, and children left their lives in England behind to begin a new life in the new world, in America. They landed on a small island called Roanoke, off the coast of North Carolina, that a previous voyage had left a small village for them to fix up and live at. But soon, the reality of their harsh new environment took its toll on the settlers. John White's daughter, Eleanor White Dare, soon gave birth to the first English child born in America, little Virginia Dare. But only a month after arriving on the island, the colonists begged John to return to England to gather supplies like food, tools, and more people to expand their colony as supplies were running low and winter would soon be arriving. On August 25th, 1987, John began his journey back to England. A trip that should have only taken around six months took three years. John wasn't able to return to Roanoke as planned. See, England and Spain had gone to war, and the Spanish had a strong armada keeping John in England for nearly three years before he could return to his family. When he got there and saw that no one remained, he tried local areas to see if they had moved to another location to try for food and supplies. He took the clue carved into the tree, Croatoan, and sailed south to another island with native people called the Croatoan. He assumed that they would have gone there. He tried twice, but due to storms, he wasn't able to make it. White was unable to keep searching for his people, as the boat he was sailing in was privately owned and needed to be returned to England. He sailed back across the ocean to England and moved to Ireland, where he passed away in 1593. He never knew what happened to the lost colony in America. What happened to the English people of Roanoke has been debated for years, mainly because of the 115 people left on the island, not a single body was ever found. No graves, no bones, nothing. It's as if they quite literally vanished. Even the buildings that once stood there were gone. For hundreds of years, theories and investigations and studies have been conducted, but None of them have come back with conclusive evidence pointing to exactly what happened to them. Some of the most popular theories are that the settlers were attacked by local indigenous tribes because this has happened before when an attempt to settle in the area a few years prior forced the English to return to England after they were attacked by them. Which, like, yeah. They were protecting their land from strangers, so no shock. And likely because the English were seen as a threat most of the time since their weapons were more advanced. Like, they had guns and swords where the locals didn't have that. The English, which actually did include John White, were also running out of food, and the governor at the time of this first attempt, Ralph Lane, was kind of known for being awful and not kind to the tribes. He even killed the king of the local tribe, Winjina, in what he hoped would prevent the natives from attacking the colonists, but uh, they ended up leaving anyway. The British Admiral Sir Francis Drake scooped them up and brought them back to England. But yeah, Ralph Lane, not a good guy, and definitely a good motive for the native people to stand their ground if more English people from the east were to come land in the future. But because there's no evidence that just 100 people were slaughtered and left out has been found, like no mass graves or anything. So this though likely doesn't really make sense in like an archeological way, there would have been some evidence of a struggle and a fight left over from an event like that. My favorite theory, and honestly, I think is the most likely since new evidence does point to this, is that the settlers actually joined the local Croatoan tribe. An indigenous tribe member named Mantio, who had traveled to England in 1584 and joined White on his initial journey to America, was actually appointed by John White to be the new chief of the Roanoke and Croatoan or Croatan tribes after he had been baptized once they arrived in America, which is kind of like, who gave you the right to just crown this man the chief of tribes that you aren't part of? Like, they have their own rituals, the way they go about this, and this did come to kind of bite them in the butt because Mantio 
didn't really have any hold over the Roanoke tribe anyway, because he was only part of the Croatan tribe. It's not like he can just suddenly be chief of two different groups of people, so he couldn't really help them on Roanoke, and just went back to his own people over at the Croatan island. It is possible that he returned to Roanoke Island to bring the people that he had really kind of become friends with. Like, they trekked across the world together and spent months together, and he knew that they didn't know the area or really how to survive. So it would make sense for him to go back and be like, hey, like, let me help you. You're like my friends. This theory is also supported by more recent evidence found on what was the Croatan Island of English pottery pieces and like the hilt of a sword that could have been carried by one of the settlers. It dates back to the appropriate time frame and would only have gotten there if the English had assimilated into the tribe. There was also a writing slate that looked like it could have the letter M still printed on it. They also found aglets, like those little things at the end of our shoelaces. They found little copper aglets that had been used to secure clothing to help the wool from fraying, like it does with our shoelaces. These items all would have been from like well-educated English people and people of like the middle, middle of the higher class, so not something that can easily just appear in a place that a native tribe lived in. However, these 16th century items were found among other English items from the later 17th century, so about 100 years later than the disappearance of the Roanoke colony. So these could have been items brought there at a later time that were just passed down from relatives. But with all of this, this theory is also very supported because in 1888, 54 Croatan Native Americans petitioned Congress for aid describing themselves as descendants of the lost colony. And if I know anything about Native tribes, it's how well they know their lineage and their history. It's, it's such an important part of their culture. So expressing that they were descended from the Las Roanoke colony, even after a few hundred years, is not something that they would like lie about, in my opinion. And not too long after they petitioned Congress, the directors of the Ethological Bureau responded saying that they very well could have English blood traced through the tribe. And they're quoted saying, It was thought that traces of white blood could be discovered among the Indians some among they having gray eyes. So like, yeah, genealogy could definitely point to them carrying predominantly white features like having gray eyes as a sign that there was like a mix of native and English hundreds of years ago that's just been carried on within the tribe. The Bureau goes on to say, it is probable that the greater number of the colonists were killed, but that it was quite in keeping with Indian usages that a greater or less number, especially women and children, should have been made captive and subsequently incorporated into the tribe. This also makes a lot of sense because like we have seen this countless times during the colonization of the Americas and during the times of slavery, like men and warriors of other groups and tribes were killed because they're quote, the threat. While the women and children are kept to sadly be used for sex and the children can be raised to be laborers and this does lead to the interracial babies and eventually everyone just becomes mixed. Now, we have no idea if that's the case here. Like, Mantio could have easily convinced his tribe that these were good people looking for new life and the men were also kept. And I mean, I'm in an interracial relationship, so like the native tribe members could definitely have fallen in love with some of the English settlers too and vice versa. So like, I personally think that that's what happened. And with the new evidence being discovered of 16th century artifacts being found where the Croatan people lived, like, yeah. And really the carving of Croatoan in the tree where the settlers had been is really the best evidence we have since it was recorded in White's writings that they would leave him a carving of where they were if they did leave the island. Another theory is that instead the colonists moved inland away from the coast. Another theory is that instead the colonists moved inland away from the coast. If you remember, John White was an artist and he spent years drawing a map of the coastline there by the island called La Virginia Pars, the Virginia Pass, I think is the translation, possibly after his granddaughter Virginia Dare. And like this was a beautiful watercolor map that had so much detail and included the Roanoke and Croatan Islands, which were colored red. It's also very accurate. 
if you place like a satellite image of what that area is like now and what white made, the only real differences is the way the coastline naturally changed during erosion and such over the years, but it's like incredibly accurate. Even historians that are experts on cartography, which is map making, have even said that it's the most carefully detailed piece of cartography for any part of North America to be made in the 16th century, which I'll bring up again later in a theory, but it's just really cool. So like this map was super accurate and I was watching BuzzFeed Unsolved's episode on this and when I first read this little detail, we had the same thoughts. So when these experts were looking at the map even closer, they realized that there was little cover-ups on it, which I mean was common back then. Like if a mistake was made, they would often cut a little piece of fabric and paste it over the mistake and try to make it look seamless because mapping then took so long and had so much detail that it wasn't worth redoing a whole map. So yeah, I mean, time tells all. And so this nonprofit called the First Colony Foundation asked the British Museum to re-examine the little patches on the map so that they so they used x-ray, infrared light, and a couple other techniques to kind of peer through the canvas and it was found that there had been a symbol that had been covered and due to the shape of it, which was like a four-pointed star, it looked to be the symbol that was often used for a fort at the time. They couldn't confirm it because it wasn't their expertise but they were almost certain that this is what the symbol would have represented. It was outlined in blue and filled in with red and then, okay, it looked like the symbol had then again been covered and possibly redrawn, but this time with invisible ink. Much like how in National Treasure, the Declaration of Independence had all that cool stuff written on invisible ink in the back that Nicolas Cage took lemon juice and a blow dryer to to unveil like that code. And like the guys from BuzzFeed said the same thing. So we're on the same page. So yeah, there being possible evidence of a fort there would make it possible that the colonists moved there as well. And there was mention of this area in White's writings as some evidence found when excavating the land that Europeans were in that area at some point too. And like the items could possibly be from the same time as the Roanoke settlers. There's no definitive way to tie them together, but it's possible. So now we move on to what was one of the more popular theories around the vanishing colonists, aliens. Anytime I just say the word aliens, I think of the guy from Agent Aliens, like the one with the crazy hair, I think his name's Giorgio. He just puts like both hands up in front of him and goes, aliens. And it just, it makes me giggle. So every time I say it, I do it. But this is like a legitimate theory that people have that is their reason that there was nothing left behind is that there was a masked alien abduction. And it's played with that the symbol on the map that was covered up wasn't a fort, but was used as an aircraft or a UFO. And that that area on the map was the landing site. Another indicator of this could possibly be that White was also abducted and was able to get a bird's eye view of that coastline for his map. For it to be so precise for the time, it's almost as if he did see it from above. And honestly, if he spoke about this, he'd be like burned at the stake for spewing nonsense. So, aliens. And yes, I just mimicked Giorgio again when I said that. Another theory tossed around is that the settlers tried to sail back to England themselves because they did have a small ship at their disposal. Some believe that they tried to either sail back to England and got lost at sea. Others think that they may have sailed south and got caught by the Spanish who were in Florida at the time and may have like traveled north. I honestly think they could have tried to sail their ship to Croatan and like White got caught up in a storm, but unlike White who was able to escape, they didn't and their ship sunk, taking everyone with it. But the colonists might have been able to swim to shore and if so, then they could have then assimilated 
affiliated with the native tribe, since some likely would have died in the shipwreck, but sailing away on their own was also a theory that's just been played around with some. In 2007, there were DNA samples taken from locals to see if they would be able to trace their DNA back to the lost colony settlers and prove that they did assimilate into the local tribes, but I couldn't really find any, like, proof that they were able to connect anything, so maybe they just haven't released that yet, or I just couldn't find it. Something else that's kind of important is that there was another inscription found on a tree on Hatteras Island, which is what the Croatoan Island is now, that said Cora, um, C-O-R-A, which could have been there to indicate that the settlers went to go live on Croatan, ended up leaving, and went to live with the Cori or the Coronine tribe, but that tree was too decayed and damaged from a lightning strike to really determine if it was even old enough to have been there when the settlers were. And then dating the inscription is like a whole other process. So it's not talked about too often in relation since there's really no way to date it. There have also been large stones with carvings that are supposedly having been written by Eleanor Dare, White's daughter, that depicts the travels of the colonists and their ultimate death, but most believe that these are fake, but there's one that could possibly be genuine, but again, we're just, we're just not sure. This last theory, I just have to add, the BuzzFeed guys, Ryan and Shane, are great, and this one was so funny, because when Ryan was like, I have one more theory, and this was like after he talked about the alien theory, he goes, I have one more theory. And Shane, being the skeptic that he is, he was like, what the hell could be stranger than aliens? And Ryan comes out with this. He goes, I'm going to quote this one because this is so funny to me. He goes, the lost colony of Roanoke disappeared due to zombie plague. Like, what? <laughs> and at this point, Ryan was a dying laughing and just just looking at the rage on Shane's face like I'm not saying it couldn't have happened but like even if there was a zombie plague there would still be bodies like zombies don't eat bones do they like in all the shows and lore about zombies I've read or seen they like eat the flesh or the brains and then leave the rest so there would have been at least a lot of bones and then the zombies that lasted they would have just keeled over and decomposed so there would have been bodies even if there were some scavenger animals like there would have been something found but Ryan went on to talk about a researcher named Andre Freeman, who is actually from the Zombie Research Society, who said that zombies would explain the swift disappearance, and like Roanoke being on an island, it would be able to confine the virus, so it wouldn't have spread everywhere and would have died out, but there's also an archaeologist, Lawrence Steger, who believes he found evidence that this could be true, but not in like a zombie plague way, but in a cannibalism way. Also, Roanoke was in the middle of the worst drought in 800 years at this point, too, I was watching an episode of Expedition Unknown hosted by Josh Gates, who's awesome, and the team he was with when they were investigating Roanoke took a tree core sample. Like, they went up into a tree and stuck this huge foot-long tube into the trunk so they could look at all the rings to see if the years that tree was there were prosperous or really wet or going through a drought. You can tell all of this from the rings of the trees, which is really cool. And so they did this and literally by looking at the rings inside the tree, they were able to determine that when the Roanoke settlers landed, the area was going through its worst drought in almost a millennia. So this being the case, there wouldn't have been very good soil to grow crops and animals wouldn't have been really prominent since there was not a lot of vegetation for them to survive on. So some experts think this would have caused the settlers to turn to cannibalism in order to survive. 
Something else Josh Gates and the team he was working with were able to do was they were able to scan the area where the fort would have been with a LIDAR machine, which flies by drone above the landscape and like shoots down these lasers to map the area. And it does it by layers. So you can have a map with the trees or strip the trees away and just have the land. And that's what they did. They were looking for anything that looks like it could have been a trench or evidence of a wall, basically anything man-made. And they did see an off formation that had like a right angle to it. And right angles don't happen in nature. So seeing that was something that the team was like really excited about. You know, for the longest time, I always thought that it was aliens. Like aliens came down and took all the people and left nothing, but the word Croatoan carved into a tree. But since doing an even deeper dive this time around and finding out that there was so much more evidence found in the past just few years, I really do believe that the lost colony of Roanoke assimilated into the surrounding indigenous tribes and lived happily ever after. But who knows? Without solid evidence and no written statements from the colonists, we may never know the answers as to what happened to the lost colony of Roanoke. Thank you all so much for listening. This was a history-heavy episode, so if you made it to the end, thank you. If you enjoyed the show, pretty please make sure to subscribe so you get all the updates when I post anything new, and write a review, share it to your friends, because that helps out so much. There's some kind of algorithm that I get tossed into when you guys interact, so if you haven't rated the show and or written a review, pretty please do. It would mean so much. Doing that helps me almost as much as getting some of my merch. And I promised you a code, so here is your code. If you head to my website and put in the secret code SWEET in all caps, you will get 15% off your whole order. And I already dropped the prices for the holidays, so go get some cute stickers and pins and magnets and support a small business, i.e. me. I'm also going to add my Venmo and Cash Map to the description because I'm still so behind on bills. So literally even a dollar, five dollars would help so much. I got five dollars the other day from an awesome person and I started so sobbing like literally sobbing because that's what i needed to put gas in my car to get to and from work so like it really helps me out when you buy from my shop or have an extra couple bucks i really appreciate it more more than you know and as always i want to chat a little bit about ways you can reach out to me and please do i absolutely love talking to you guys and hearing your spooky stories and getting suggestions for future shows it's definitely appreciated you can contact me on twitter instagram facebook it's all just at sour sweet spooky and i'm gonna try to put together a link tree so it's easier for you to find me and I'll have that all in the description. I'm still figuring this all out so I might be able to put in my transcriptions of the show in two so I can be more like inclusive. So look out for that. So yeah, definitely check out the website sarasweetspooky.com. Everything can be found there including all of my information about today's show and in the future I'm really going to be diving into my stories so I hope you're all ready for lots of information coming up. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and remember stay sour, stay sweet, Stay spooky. In 1857, oh my god, it's not even 18. Oh, my dyslexia is coming out now, too. Great.